98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. We're going to start today's 4 o'clock reset. All of the top stories of the day with the Phoenix Suns and the big news. You're going to want to stay with us because we, we want to devote a full segment to everything that's going on with the Suns. So we'll get into more context and more detail in the next segment of the show about what's going on with the Suns and PayPal. But it's the top story of the day. We lead the 4 o'clock reset with it. PayPal, one of their big sponsors, they stated that they would not renew their jersey sponsorship of the Suns after this season if Robert Sarver remains the majority owner of the Suns and Mercury. They said they didn't have a problem with the Suns. They had a problem with Robert Sarver owning the Suns. And as long as he is, they will not be doing business with the Suns a year from now. Yeah, they spend $3 million a year. No jump change. That's good money that they spend. And so advertisers are going to have a say in this. Minority owners are going to have a say in this. PayPal saying they will no longer stick with the sons of Robert is here. That's $3 bucks a year. And I will play this, too, and we'll also get into this in greater detail. Tamika Tremoglio, the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association, on NBA Today, reiterating the call for Robert Sarver to be banned for life. Absolutely. I We are absolutely calling for that. We do not want him to be in a position where he is managing or engaging with individuals who are engaging with our players or our players themselves. We are absolutely clear from the findings that are in that report that we do not want him to be in that position. All right, again, much more on this coming up because it is clearly a developing story, a breaking story right in front of our eyes between the head of the Players Association, one of the top sponsors of the team. We'll talk about that in the next segment with more proper context. In the meantime, a little pop fly that's going to be caught by Rojas sending over five of the seven innings for Dre Jameson and his rookie outing have been one, two, threes. Another rookie pitcher throwing another seven scoreless innings in their Major League debut. It was Ryan Nelson a couple weeks ago. Last night it was Dre Jameson. Seven scoreless innings dominated the San Diego Padres last night in his Major League debut. Yeah, and I think this is a guy that they're counting on to be a real, you know, a, a, a top of the rotation starter for them. With that electric fastball, that slider was really good too, but he was bringing it up to 98, 99 miles an hour. He could throw the ball 100 miles an hour, and he's one of the rare guys that misses back. And he was missing some bats last night. He's no rookie, but Dimebeck starter against San Diego. Madison Bumgarner gets to start tonight against Blake Snell. First pitch to Chase Field, 640. You'll hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And with one eye towards the future, shortstop Jordan Lawler is among many Diamondbacks who will be participating in the fall league at Salt River Fields. Looking forward yeah, to watching yeah. a little of him this fall. I mean, I can't wait to see what they do at shortstop next year. You've got Nick Ahmed, who will be back, but he's on the last year of his contract. And, you know, you've got Perdermo, you got Alcantara. I like Perdermo as the guy. I think that if I could trade Nick Ahmed, I would do it. Sticking locally, two college football games this weekend to tell you about. U of A hosting North Dakota State tomorrow at 8 o'clock. ASU football also kicking off at 8 o'clock, welcoming Eastern Michigan to Sun Devil Stadium. Both coming off of losses. U of A lost that game to Mississippi State last week. Just completely, just a physical Mississippi State team that just dominated them in many aspects of the game. And an ASU hung for a little while, but just Oklahoma State was too much for them. They lost on the road. Full coverage of the ASU game for you tomorrow starting at 5 
5.30 over on ESPN 620. In the NBA, the Lakers and free agent guard Dennis Schroeder agreed to a one-year, $2.6 million deal to bring the former Laker back to the Lakers. Schroeder back alongside LeBron and the crew. I wonder how much he's getting because that's a guy that turned down that big, big contract and it backfired on him. It was Dennis Schroeder. Two point six four. Was that we just said? Two point six four. Two point six four million. I know a little while ago we were talking about what again we didn't know. Yeah. So basically, like the minimum. Basically, the minimum. The NFL Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert is day to day with a fracture in his rib cartilage. He should have been play for play. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why they kept playing him. He should have been out for out. He should have been out right. Like he okay, out listen. For out. The second you see him grabbing his ribs and grimacing, yeah, you're our future. I'm getting you out of this game. But you're right. The number one takeaway from last night's game, even though they lost, was how tough that kid is. He I was tough. So so impressed with that kid. Yeah. So impressed for him to hang in there, take that punishment, and stay out there on that field. Yeah. I, I was too. I mean, he is a real tough kid. But again, you got to live to play another day. You know, I with down 10 at that point, I'm taking him out of the game. But our other top story of the day today comes to us from the Arizona Cardinals and their injury report. And their injury report is missing a couple of guys, as you would expect and as we kind of came to understand. The two players who have been ruled out for the Cardinals who will not play are Andy Isabella and Rondale Moore, which means their number one wide receiver, no. Their number three wide receiver, no. Their number five or six six. wide receiver, depending on how you want to phrase it, right, is a no. It was a lot. There was a lot of depth at that position, and now you're, you know, that depth is challenged. I mean, I would imagine you're gonna have to get the tight ends more involved in the game, the running backs more involved in the game, and the passing game because no DeAndre Hopkins, no Rondale Moore, uh, no Antoine Wesley, no Andy Isabella. You, you, you're, you're, you're like, you know, again, I don't know if you would say you're bringing a knife to a gunfight, but you're, you're depleted from top wide receiver. We had Steve Kime on the show earlier today, um, and the quote that he gave to us when we had him on, quote, just when you have enough and you have enough depth at a certain position, it backfires on you. In particular, we have some running backs that have some pass-catching skills. Hopefully, those will be guys that can add to the passing game, and we get a run game going early, and it sets up the play action. Steve, when he was on with us earlier, suggested his his running backs with that ability to catch the pass might be relied on this week against the Raiders. I think you're going to have to do that. You know, I mean, listen, the most important thing you could do is get out to a lead and run the football. I mean, run the football. You got James Conner. You got, you know, Benjamin. You got Williams. Get a lead on on the Raiders and run the football. They didn't run it very much last week because they had to play from behind. This is not a team I want to see play play from behind a whole lot. This team will be much better off if they can get a lead and play from, from in front. Okay, so here are the other guys that we need to tell you about when it comes to the injuries in the Arizona Cardinals and these I told you the two guys that are out these players are questionable now for the game Trayvon Mullen Jr. the corner is questionable Justin Pugh starting left guard is questionable Jalen Thompson starting safety is questionable J.J. Watts starting defensive lineman is questionable you and I talked about this earlier we agree the player we're most concerned about here is Jalen Thompson yeah so question you know you need your best players to win games and while you could say that you know you've still got Buddha and Buddha led the team in tackles last week and he's a great player you want those two safeties okay they could they could do a lot of damage out there they're good football players your best players are going to lead you to victory you gotta have your best players so to me i think he's the most important piece others may argue that you're you know you're better off on the defensive line and offensive line and i get that i totally get that but i would start with jalen thompson because he's a guy that can make big plays 
Here is Cliff today on Pew and whether Justin Pugh will be able to go or not. I hope so. Hopefully the next uh, 48 hours he feels good and um, we get him out there Sunday and work him out. He's, he's ready to go. As far as Jalen Thompson? Game time, yeah. Same deal. We'll get him out there Sunday, run him around, and see if he can, he can do it. I mean... Game time decisions on some of these guys. I would love to see J.J. Watt get out there and play. I'd love to see J.J. Watt, you know, help. Justin Pugh is a big, big key to me because I think, you know, you want that offensive line. You want to be able to run the ball. You want to pass protect with Kyler Murray. You need your best offensive lineman out there. You're going up against Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, and they didn't have a sack last week. You know they're going to want to bring that pressure. So I think the offensive line is really important. So it's a lot of it is in the trenches. That's why some people may say Jalen Thompson's not the most important piece. You get those two linemen. You get an offensive and defensive lineman back. It's going to help a lot. Yeah, the injuries have really piled up. This injury report brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. Get boosted. COVID-19 booster doses are recommended for ages 5 and older. Find a location near you at azhealth.gov slash find vaccines. When we come back, we alluded to this yesterday. The trickle-down effect is starting to happen. A significant development regarding Robert Server happened today. We'll tell you what it means and what could be next coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All the dominoes that have fallen so far since the one-year suspension for Suns owner Robert Sarver was announced on Tuesday. Make no mistake, in in my opinion, I'm pretty sure you agree with this, this morning's domino was the biggest. A hundred percent. Bigger than LeBron, bigger than Chris Paul, bigger than... Bigger than John Najafi last it, it, night. Right. Money, because money talks. Money talks. It's a business. Yep, money talks. It's at, a business. Money talks. At the end of the day, this is going to be a financially based decision. Right. Is Right or wrong, good or bad, this is going to be made because of money. Which is why when PayPal announced via a statement that as long as Robert Sarver remained as the owner of the Phoenix Suns, they would not be sponsoring the Phoenix Suns anymore. That was the first of, and at this point we don't know, is it going to be many sponsors who will follow suit? A few sponsors who will follow suit? I, I, I don't know. But Every sponsor may feel obligated now to say something. Now you got two varying degrees here. You've got the Kia sponsor coming out and, you know, you know saying what they said, which is basically, we're like, we're still going to be you know, partners with the Phoenix Suns, but we don't. You know, but but we agree with what everything say being said about uh, about Robert. Yeah, I got I got keys here. Let me read. Yeah, it read to it you. to you because it's a lot easier to read it than explain it's, it. It's very. It, it it's not it doesn't have nearly the oomph that PayPal's does. As an official partner of the NBA, Kia America supports the NBA and WNBA's position based on their investigation regarding the owner of the Suns. We stand with the league, the players, the fans, and the need for respectful and inclusive workplaces, and look forward to continuing our relationships within the entire NBA community. No threats, no nope. uh, ultimatums, no nothing. Got to continue our, our relationship with the community and the team, right? But PayPal, on the other hand, yeah. quote, in light of the findings of the NBA's investigation, we will not renew our sponsorship should Robert Sarver remain involved with the Suns organization after serving his suspension. While we strongly reject the conduct of Robert Sarver, we remain supportive of the team its players, and the experienced and diverse talent now leading the organization, including head coach Monty Williams, GM James Jones, assistant GM Morgan Cato, and senior VP of People and Culture Kim Corbett. As if to say, the Suns are not the problem here. The team's not the problem. Yeah. The organization's not the problem. Yeah. He's the problem. Right. It's an ultimatum. It's an ultimatum. He goes or we go. 
I mean, that's basically, it's an ultimatum. That's $3 million. That's one sponsor. Money talks, okay? I've, we've said this from the beginning. I mean, it, there's... There's no Robert Sauber financially has done a really good job running this organization. This is this is not at all similar to when Jerry Colangelo lost his organization when he lost the Diamondbacks. Okay, there was financial ruin. The way the organization was being run financially was a disaster. So Jerry got replaced. He got axed as owner of the Diamondbacks. This is much different. You could look at an organization was bought for four hundred million and now is worth between two and three billion dollars, you know, whatever the varying degree may be, and say, man, he's done a great job of running this organization. You got a new arena, you got a new practice court, you're in the NBA finals two years ago, you got a successful team. Financially everything is good, but Money talks. And if you're a minority owner and you're hit by this and you start to lose this sponsor and that sponsor, well, then, yeah, then push comes to shove. You've got a decision to make. Hey, listen, you know, we could have supported you through this, but there's just too much brushback. There's too much blowback. Like, we can't do it anymore. Like, you, we're losing sponsors. The negative publicity on the organization just may be too yeah. much. Now, there's a lot of people that feel that Robert should just take this incredible windfall of money that he has made as an owner of the Phoenix Suns and just say, okay, I you know what? I don't need this. I don't want this. I don't need this. I'm gone. Because instead of being, because this is, you know, it's possible he could get dragged through the mud for the next year. Because think about this. Already, you've got one looming decision one year from right now. PayPal. Sure. One, like, so this is going to be PayPal staying or going. Yeah. I mean, is there any way you could salvage that relationship or they, they in stone, if he's here, we're gone. And a point that you've made many, many times about this whole situation yeah. was that you believe it was always Robert's intention at some point to sell the team. Yes. And if that was the case, yes. and if that still is the case, then if it was always his intention to, for lack of a better word, flip it, right? Because it's a hell of a profit waiting for him when he does. If that was what his intention was anyway, it is, I, I just can't help but wondering from him, from where he sits right now, how much is he weighing the stubbornness of wanting to win this versus the, man, I was going to sell this anyway. Why would I want to put up with all of this and depends just get on, rid of it? It depends you know? on how much I would think that you, you've got, you've got a wife and you've got three kids. Okay. He's got a very supportive and loving family. And I would think that you, do, what, you know, how much more damage can be done to them? To think that they're not going through something the way that they, you know, the kids have to look at their father and the, the wife has to look at her husband and like this is dragging them through. So you may determine that, you know what? This just isn't worth it anymore. This is a black eye. It's a stain. I don't want my family to have to go through it. Sure. It's possible that as more and more, you know, if, if more and more things keep happening each day, you may get to the point where you just wash your hands with it and you say, I'm done. You might, especially again, if you were going to sell the thing anyway. It, and I, I, I said this earlier about the PayPal thing, and I, I really do believe this. I, I wonder, you know, of all of these minority owners, all of these sponsors, all of these, all, every entity that has an opportunity to influence this one way or another. Yeah. I I mean, they, PayPal did a great job, I thought, of separating Robert Sarver from the Suns. We love the Suns. We love Monty. We love James Nothing Jones. against we, them. We love the organization. It's him. It's him that we're not going to deal with. It's him that we don't want to have anything to do with. And and I'm thinking especially of the minority owners, not just John Najafi, but the others who are, who, <clears throat> are you loyal to Robert or are you loyal to the organization? Yeah. Right. And, and by that, I mean, do you want what's best for the organization or do you want what's best for Robert? Because I don't I think we're really quickly getting to the point 
where those are two very different things, right? What's best for Robert versus what's best for the Suns organization. PayPal made it. We, we want what's best for the Suns, not Robert. And I wonder how many other people who have power to influence this will make that same sort of determination. Like, well, like you said, right? You're going to pick. You're going to try to pick the winning horse. And, and, and you're going to bank on Robert. Or are you going to bank on? You, John Najafi. You might have been, if you're a minority owner, pro Robert at the beginning of this, eleven months ago, ten yeah. months ago. But if you're, you know, which way does the wind blow? And you feel that it's blowing anti Robert, you might and let's change teams on this one because you kind of know what horse is going to win yeah. and what horse is going to lose. Yeah, lo- loyalty is the loyalty is what what do I say? Loyalty is it uh, a two way street? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I could be loyal to you for a certain amount, but in the end, like, you know. Business is business. Business is business. Now, going back to my notes from the other day, and I was speaking with people that are very close to the ownership group. Owners would have a difficult time proving damages economically. Robert has not run the business into the ground. In fact, it's grown. Everyone's investments have grown in leaps and bounds. The financial well-being of the organization is solid. But, but if advertisers decide they do not want to be associated because the soured reputation of the enterprise, that could be a way of showing that damage has been done. Right now, there's no financial irresponsibility on Robert's part. But if the owners view Robert as unethical and believe that he violated his fiduciary duties and acted unethically, they could look to force a sale. These are my own notes that I took in speaking with somebody very, very close to the ownership group on the possibility of forcing a sale, selling their shares. And remember, each owner still has their own ability to say, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this, I'll just sell my shares. They can do that if they decide that they don't want to be a part of it as well. Yeah, who are they selling them to? I mean, I'm, I would imagine contractually, Robert probably has the first right to be able to buy those shares. But look, this story, as we speculated a couple of days ago, it's just beginning. This is nowhere near the end. I think we're all waiting and watching to see what other sponsors jump on board, what other sponsors make threats, make ultimatums. We saw today, if you weren't watching on ESPN, Tamika Tremaglio, the executive director of the National Basketball Good Players Association. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that um, made it very, very clear when she was on ESPN. We are calling for Robert Sarver to be banned for life. Absolutely. I we are absolutely calling for that. We do not want him to be in a position where he is managing or engaging with individuals who are engaging with our players or our players themselves. We are absolutely clear from the findings that are in that report that we do not want him to be in that position. But here's a follow up to that. Have there been any discussions with the players on boycotting because of Robert Sarver? Here's what she said. We have not had those discussions as of yet. As you can imagine, just like you mentioned, we are all gearing up for a season. You know, we have media day coming up. We have training camp about to start. And our players are really focused on playing the game of basketball and engaging with our fans. And so to some extent, there has not been any discussion around that. But I think it is very clear that our players are incredibly upset about what has occurred. Their hearts go out to the families and all of the individuals who have actually had to endure this for such a long period of time. Um, but at the same time, they recognize that they have a job to do and they're really excited about getting and moving forward with this season. So that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that would be a no. And I'm not rooting for that. I'm not wanting that. But it's it's a fair question to ask. It's, it's a fair thing to wonder. OK, the, the players are calling for Robert Sarver to be removed. Quoting my one of my favorite movies. What are you prepared to do? What 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 are you prepared to do? Are are you gonna skip games? Are you, you gonna? What you do is you 
I cannot use a tea leaf. Give me something different than tea leaves. You just, you got to let the chips fall where they may. I don't need the tea leaf thing. I've messed up like three times. You got to let this play out a little bit. It may take care of it on its own without you having to do anything. Maybe. Just read the tea no, but leaves. You, just, just, just read them. Read them. Just read the tea leaves and yeah. see what they say. Yeah. I didn't know that they had any words on them. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't either. I didn't know that tea leaves had words on them. Apparently, they, there's there's texts written on tea leaves. I would rather like, watch where do. they fall. Mm, like, we should know? just get you an analogy book for Christmas or something. It oh seems like God. you need it. Do you know, in all honesty, in, honest, in all honesty, I blame my father. My, my father couldn't speak. Like he was terrible. He couldn't speak. Couldn't read or write. He was terrible. He couldn't speak at all. Like everything that I, I messed up everything from him. It's okay. We still love you. Yeah, I was. I totally blame it's, him. It's, we, we still. It's. It's. I am so bad at analogy. Like uh, you know t- those terms and phrases. So bad at them. It's all good. We're fine. We're fine. We're in a good spot. Steve Kime uh, has an opportunity to shore up his roster with some veteran free agents. How active is he in trying to do that? You'll hear from the, the uh, Cardinals GM next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. A football Friday calls for a football Friday Twitter poll of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Why mess with tradition when tradition is a good thing? Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric, what you got today? It's a good old football Friday. And like you said, Burnsy, there's no reason to go against tradition. So what do we do? We ask you guys and the people out there to predict the outcome of Sunday's NFL football game, of course, the Cardinals taking on the Raiders in Las Vegas. Just a reminder, just so people know how we categorize a lot and a little. If you choose a team to win by a lot, that is a two-touchdown minimum. So we're talking 14-plus points if you pick a team to win by a lot. It's a lot for a reason, Bernsey. Yeah. So, you got four options for this Sunday. That's Cardinals by a little and Cardinals by a lot or Raiders by a little and Raiders by a lot. Raiders by a little. That's what I went with. But if you defined a lot as two scores and not two touchdowns, then I know I'm splitting hairs here, but if the if the margin of determining a little a lot were closer to like 10 points, 9 points, I would say Raiders by a lot. But because yeah. we're saying two touchdowns, Raiders by a little. Raiders by a little. Yeah. No double field goals. You don't think it's going to maybe be a six-point? No, Cardinals. I expect the Cardinals to play better this week. I expect them to play better. Playing better does not necessarily mean they capture a win, and 35.9% agree. They say Raiders by a little. In second place, though, we have a new second place. It's Cardinals by a little at 29.9%, but close in third is Raiders by a lot, 28.3%. Only 6% of people think the Cardinals are walking away with a 14-point victory on Sunday. what kind of a relief it's going to be if we come in here on Monday and the Cardinals have won this game? Like, it's going to be a, okay, everybody breathe, we're all right. You know, like, they lose, and it's 0-2. 0-2 itself is not the death sentence, but then next week against the Rams because you better win that game. You have to win that game. You don't win that game, and now we start talking about... You'd have to go 9-5 and down the stretch to make the playoffs. Yep. And that's being 9-8 and and hoping you get in at 9-8. If you, you start off 0-3, then you're looking at possibly a... 
Nine, uh, you'd have to win nine out of 14 games. Yeah. You'd have a chance. A win on Sunday against the Raiders is almost more of a sigh of relief than it is a thing to be celebrated. I, at least the way, and maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but I, I just feel like I'm, I'm so nervous about this game on Sunday because I'm, I'm nervous about the concept of 0 2 and the Rams becoming a must win game right out of the Let me ask shoot. you this. Um, do you feel they have a better chance of beating the Raiders or the Rams? Um, do the Cardinals have a better chance where, of winning the Raiders or the Rams? You're you're, you're kind of asking the question. Hey, does it really matter how you get to one and two I mean, as long would, as you're one and two? Right. Yeah. Right. I, I see what you're saying. Um, I think they have a better. Honestly, I think they have a better chance of beating the Raiders. And that, so you're saying that they have a better chance of winning a road game than a home game? I do. I, I because I think the Rams. I think the Rams got their number. I know they beat him last year. Yeah, McVay's got his number. But the Rams, generally speaking, have the Arizona Cardinals He had one eight in a row before last. Was it eight in a row he, they had won? McVay had won before they beat him? I think it was I think it was eight in a row. Because I think yeah. it's nine of the last ten. Ten of the last eleven if you count the playoffs. Yeah. I, think, I think you're right. I think they have a better chance of winning this week than they do next week. And they're a good road team, the Cardinals. They are. And they, they are, are a crappy they home been. team. They have been. We had Steve Kime on the show earlier, and the general manager of the Cards, we, we really interesting, I thought, conversation. Because I know a lot of Cardinal fans want him to go out and sign somebody. I think we want him to go out and sign somebody. We you gotta try, right? You gotta make an effort to improve your roster when it has flaws. You asked him point blank, is he actively trying to sign players right now? Well, we're always um, gonna remain active. It's just I think it's one of those things that comes up that number one is health. And number two is what I call get it off the get off the couch money, you know, which is a lot of times these guys have made an absorbent amount of money and uh, don't want to come in and play for either league minimum or slightly above. And uh, you know where teams most teams are at a cap standpoint, which you know we're right around the average of the NFL primary NFL teams. You know you have to budget X amount for injury replacements and those sort of things. So you know you have to be able to have some of these veteran players come in and want to play um, and want to get off the couch and play for a minimum deal or closer to minimum deal with incentives. Get off the couch money is great. It's great. That's a great way of putting it. I'm happy. I'm good. But if you pay me $4 million, I'll play. If you only want to play me two, I'm not going to play. I'd rather sit here and drink beer, eat ice cream, Mm. and play golf. So that's that's a fascinating point. So what he's basically saying, it's not the money, it's the passion to play. Because if you've just if you love the game and you just want to play, you'll you'll play for the veterans minimum within some incentives. Yeah. But if you don't really, if your heart's really not into it, it's only the amount of money that would get you off. Well, you get me to four million, then I'll play. But I'm not playing for two. Here's more kind. I think it kind of goes back to like the, the year we signed Dwight Franey. I'll never forget him coming into the Greenbrier and signing him to, I think it was a minimum deal and maybe like $250,000 a, a sack. And I think he got 11 sacks that year. So, you know, guys like that that, that you know want to play, that are fierce competitors, that just want to be a part of a team, you know, you have an opportunity. But then there are some guys, obviously, that, you know, and it's a monetary thing and they maybe not don't feel great physically. So you got to sort of vet the process. Wow. I, I, I Another way of putting it, and it's a phrase that that you introduced me to many, many years ago. Blank you money? Blank you money. Yeah. 
And when you've got blank mm-hmm. you money you, and somebody calls and say, hey, we want you to come play football for us, what are you offering? The veterans minimum. Yeah, I got enough money in the bank. I'm good. Thanks. Right. I, got, I got blank you money. I'm fine. And it's not, there's nothing, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with players for thinking that way, for, for having earned the money that they've earned to put them in a position of leverage and say, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show up for that. I'm going to show up for this. And if you're not going to give me this, then I'd rather not, right. sit here. Right. I, I've got blank you've you that, money. You've earned that right. You've earned that right. There's nothing, there's nothing morally wrong with a player who says that. They knew what I want or I'll just retire. Yeah, they've earned the right to right. be able to say Carson that. Carson Palmer, when he was, you know, with the, with the, uh, with Cincinnati, like, I'm just going to, if you don't trade me, I'm just going to retire. I'm the, not playing for you. The thing I was curious about to hear from Steve was, is there like a sample size he's looking for? Like, it's just been one game, and yet we've already talked all week long about the pressure we feel for the organization to go out and get somebody. You're going to need help defensively. It's obvious that you're going to need to do it. I'm focusing on one guy, but okay. Do you, do you, is it one game? Is it two? Is it three? Is it four? Do you wait half the season? How many number of games need to go by before you decide it's time to act if you're Steve Kahn? It's more of an instinct thing. I think like last year with, with the tight end situation, you know, it was, it was one of those deals where we felt pretty good going into the season and then when Max went down felt like you know with the kind of team we had there was something we, we had to take advantage of which was you know the Zach Ertz trade and you know to me it's it's more of an instinct thing than it is you know sticking by certain rules. Now if they go out and their defense gets lit up again this weekend which could happen I'm only going to imagine that the pressure on Steve Kime and the Cardinals to do something is just going to get ramped up, right? I, I mean, I, I don't, how yeah. many more games can you go if they get lit up again this weekend before you feel like you have to do something? Yeah, I mean, there's two, there's, there's two, there's two rules of thumb here. One is you do something based on uh, need because you've got injuries. The other one is your your players aren't playing good enough and you need to go get some help. So again, I'm, I, the, the guy I would focus on the most is Jason Pierre-Paul. I think if they do go get somebody for the pass rush, I think I would lean towards him being a guy they look at. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android and you're not going to miss the show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Diamondbacks team, fun to watch. How do all these young players set up the team for the future? We'll talk about that coming up here on Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo talk Diamondbacks baseball with a D-backs broadcaster. The Booth. The Booth. I'll give our next guest a lot of credit. Last night during the post-game interview with Dre Jameson, he knew full well that Dre Jameson was going to get the big Gatorade oh, yeah. mm-hmm. dump. And he was waiting for it, waiting for it. Mark Grace asked the question, and, and Todd, Todd even looked at Gracie like, like it's coming. You, you, are you sure you want to ask a question? Because he's about to get doused mm. with Gatorade here. And sure enough, in the middle of Gracie's answer, he did just that. Todd Walsh is a polished professional, and he joins us right now live from Chase Field in our In the Booth segment here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Mr. Walsh, what's going on, sir? Uh, well, did you also notice that, and this is critical, um, Dre Jamison didn't flinch. I mean, he got hit with a full mm. ice bath wash, whatever that thing is, if it's Gatorade or water, and yeah. he never 
flinched. I, I did notice that. Now, I, I actually had a follow-up question for you on this. Okay. Are, and this is maybe a little technical, but I'm curious. Are you guys broadcasting on a delay so that if Jay Dramason accidentally curses when <laughs> the water hits him, you're covered? That's I, a I really th- good question. If somebody throws a bucket of water on me and I'm not expecting it, <laughs> there's a... A yeah. word that I can't say on your network that's probably coming out of my mouth. And I just wonder if you're protected against that. I, I believe we are. There may be. I'm not sure how that all works in the technological world today. Okay. But I'm actually kind of surprised it hasn't happened. Because the word you're talking about would have been out of my mouth multiple times. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, but I like, and we talked well into the night about that. And I'm going to talk to Brandon Webb, who's working with me tonight on Diamondbacks Live. Uh, is that the kind of stuff that makes a closer? That's my whole new thing. If this guy can stand there and take a bucket of ice water and not flinch, I want him on the on the mound in the in the ninth inning trying to get the last three Ooh, outs. Well, it's interesting. Just a thought. I also like him, you know, going seven innings yes, without giving up true. any yeah. runs yeah. either. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe all nine. Yeah. Can we do that? Let, 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 let's get to the more important stuff. We got we to take a visit to Todd's garage. You ready? Okay. My boy John Stearns passed away today. Okay. 1970, 1970 Mets guy. Yep. I'm thinking somewhere in that garage, there's a 76, 77, 78 John Stearns Mets card. Okay. Well. I'm thinking. Okay. Let me just say this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a 1977. It's in the production room right now. My producer, is his name is Dan Lonke. He's from New York. He is a lifelong Mets fan. I'm a Yankees fan, so I kind of own him, as you know, John. That's of course. Yeah. We're Yankee fans. Yeah. We, we talked this morning about John Stearns. I'm a little older than him, but he was really moved by the fact that John Stearns made it to the, the old-timers game yes, in looked, such frail conditions. Didn't look very so, good, no. No, I brought him. I will tweet it to you in a few moments when we're okay. done. A 1977 Tops John Stearns card in memorial, okay. the memorial that I gave to my producer. So there you have it. Thank for, you. For those who don't know, the last time we had Todd on from Bally Sports, he and Gambo started talking about, and I'm already forget- Andy Etchebarren. <laughs> That's who it was. And I got an Angels Andy Etchebarren card. It, it, in the mail, like three <laughs> weeks later, Todd sent it the mail it from is. his garage. And, yeah. and you're you're amazing, Todd. I, I, mean, I will tell you very quickly, um, I was looking for a specific card for you, which was the 75 Tops card. And just for the heck of it, I looked it up, and it was like 80 bucks. And I went, you know, I really like these guys. <laughs> but apparently there's a, there's a misprint on uh-huh. that card. So I, I had to oh. go to 77 Angels. I hope you understand. Okay, That's good. Yeah. That's good. The, the misprint right. drives up the value. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I guess what the residual checks from Can't Buy Me Love are starting to dry up. You can't afford the, no. the eighty dollar card for us anymore. No, Todd? They, what no, what you the just, hell? Every time you talk about them, you 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 amp it up. So thank you. I talked about Can't Buy Me Love the other day on the radio. Yeah, did you? you? I did. I mentioned, yeah, of course. Came I mentioned you. Came you. Up. Yeah, just came keep up. the flame going, man. Mentioned you by name. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Let's let's talk a little bit about this this baseball team. That performance last night, does it give you any hope at all that oh. they can contend for a playoff spot as early as next year? No. And I I, it, I am I, I was listening to you guys as I do on my way in, and your excitement was uh, echoed in my car, uh, just in, in the tone of both of your voices. And you guys were talking about that very topic. Somebody asked me that the other day uh, about the word expectations going into next year. I, I say, why not? I love what you guys said about that some people will, will have uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks is a very attractive, sneaky pick for a wild card next year. I mean, it, look, if you just take the 30-plus losses from the bullpen and just do the math <laughs> and 
take, what, 70% of those maybe and just say, hey, we got a guy or a couple of guys that can get the job done. Look where they would be right now. The math will tell you that. But you can't help but get excited about this team. I've, I've really fallen for them because of the way they reind, uh, reinvented themselves in, in on the on the quarter pole, third quarter pole of the season and said, no, we're going we're gonna to do this and we're going to be built on speed and, and, and the kind of things that we've all been watching together over the last little bit. And now this unbelievable breath of starting pitching. Well, why wouldn't you say, "Hey, uh, expectations are real," yeah, and let's put them on their uh, put that on their back. If they fix the bullpen issues, I think they got a real shot next year. Now, let's talk about it just as fans. Me and Bernsey are raving about this kid, Jake McCarthy. I think Bernsey even said, "Man, if I could get a jersey, I'd probably get a jersey. Jake McCarthy That's jersey." The jersey, I would. I mean, that kid I almost that stole kid. home the other day. He almost stole home plate. Yes, and I do the same thing. I feel the same way, Dave. And if you look at what he did, he made a mistake. He turned and took a step and a half, going back to the bag. If he doesn't do that, he's home almost standing up. Uh, I just love his, his his whole demeanor and the way he goes about his business. Remember, he got sent down for a minute and, uh, and, and, and came back. I love being around him on a day-to-day basis. He's just a likable guy. The, the football story is remarkable. Averaging 216 yards a game, rushing. But I talked to him the other day. Uh, he was telling me the story that he committed so early to baseball that colleges just kind of turned and, and looked away. But Notre Dame called at one point and said, hey, if you're thinking about you know, maybe we're, we're still here, but um, I, I just love his presence. Um, he's the kind of guy that you'd invest in as a fan. Dave, I think it's a great guy. I nodded my head when I was driving. Like, yeah, that's the, if I was going to do the jersey, that's where I'd go. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the, yep. he's, I mean, they're going to be bigger stars. There, there's no yes. question. But, but he's, he's, and I don't know how much playing time he's going to get in that crowded outfield. I, I hope a lot because he's been so impactful since the All Star break. But, but he's absolutely the guy. I, back to Jameson for a second. You've been obviously doing as what you've been doing for as long as you have the idea of a hard throwing starter for the wow. Diamondbacks right I mean it's been I Gambo and I were both talking earlier about the D-backs that's the fastest and hardest a Diamondback starting pitcher has thrown a pitch in a game since Ruby De La Rosa did it in 2015 since Jamison last night what what does it what does it say about this kind of next ge- generation of Diamondbacks Ryan Nelson included that it, it's not finesse guys, that, that some power guys that the organization has really been lacking the last few years. It says they've turned the, the ship, right, in mid-course. I, I kept watching in this all-or-nothing world that is Major League Baseball, I kept watching the other side of that where they would bring up hitter after hitter that was just hoping for the launch angle and the exit velocity and the three-run homer. I had almost forgotten that there's another part of that equation, which is the guy that's on the mound. And we haven't seen that swing and miss ability. That's why I kept falling in love with the thought of a, a closer. But you're right. Uh, how about for seven innings? And that's what we saw last night. I, I just think it's a clear indication that they've made a decision and said, this is the direction that we're going in. I mean, it's almost unthinkable that what they have in surplus here and what they're they're bringing up. I mean, <laughs> I was talking to his dad last night off camera, and I said, when did you know that your son had this ability? He said, when he was five. Oh, my God. <laughs> because no one wanted to go and grab a bat with him with a ball in his hand. He wow. just threw harder than everybody, and he had an older brother, Dylan, who I saw last night, who was uh, making his presence felt and taking videos, and his brother knew it, but he had an older brother that he was chasing. If anybody's ever dealt with that, I had my brother's 10 years older than me, and I was always trying to beat him. 
And uh, I, it all goes back to the backyard to me. But <laughs> he's five years old and he's throwing harder than anybody in the neighborhood. Todd, you know, we always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. We'll be watching you on Bally Sports tonight along with B-Webb. Thanks for the time, man. Check out the uh, the Twitter. I'll have the I'm Stearns ready. card moments. Yeah. The Stearns card. I'm ready. <laughs> John Stearns. Okay. Take care. Long time, Matt. Todd Walsh joining us live from uh, Chase Field. D-backs of the Padres. Oh, by the way, we need to thank A.J. Pollock. Yeah? Yes, we have to thank A.J. Pollock. Is that the, is the, the draft pick the reason he ended we up got being Dre Jameson? Of, yeah, yeah. So thank you to A.J. Pollock. The Diamondbacks have Dre Jameson. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, A.J. Last night, John Najafi made his stance known on the NBA's punishment of Robert Sarver. The question we have to ask now, is he the Pied Piper? And will others follow among that Suns ownership group? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo.